The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Heat Check, we finish our Eastern Conference preview with the IKEA of divisions, the Southeast Division, worse than the IKEA of divisions. Actually, like IKEA's coffee tables, you know, they try to pretend like they're wood, but it's actually just made out of cardboard that's been like disintegrated and packed into like some glue form. So I guess it is the IKEA of divisions. We're looking at Atlanta, ugh, Charlotte, ugh, Miami, ugh, <laughs> Orlando. Ah, ah and the Washington Wizards. We also have a great interview with Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports to prepare you for all the things about the new season. It is a loaded show. You're welcome. Let's get into it, William. Drop that generic-ass beat that should be Rihanna. Break, we're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. Our final preview, Southeast Division. I'd like to say, last but not least, we saved the best for last, but we didn't. I waited as long as I possibly could to talk about this shitty-ass division. The yellow starburst of NBA divisions is the Southeast. It's like the candy corn in the Halloween bowl, where it's like nobody wants this shit. It's sticking to everything else. You can't get rid of it. They put it on sale for 99 cents. an entire pound at your local Fred Myers, but we're going to get into it anyway because there's still NBA teams here that we have to cover. That's how much I love you. I want to talk about other things. The T, like the Chicago Bulls players meeting only. First game of the season as they get waxed by the OKC Thunder, but no, no, sir, we must fulfill our commitments and we start with the Atlanta Hawks. Key additions, they get Kobe Bufkin in the draft out of Michigan. They get Patty Mills from free agency. What is Patty Mills doing there, by the way? What the fuck? Why, first of all, aren't you like ready to retire? And second of all, why do you want to be with that dog shit organization? Subtractions, John Collins. Finally, he's been in the news, trade rumors, so long. It finally happened. He gets himself into a better situation. Congratulations to John Collins. Anyway, we move forward about the Hawks. So the Last year, the Hawks imploded. They fired their coach at the deadline. They went out and hired a coach midway through the season in Quinn Snyder for so much money, all the money. 
spectacularly also fired their GM, hired a whole new front office. Remember then they tried to say the GM wasn't really fired. He was just in an advisory role now. I mean, they fired him and he just kept him on site. On step. Yeah, Travis Schlenk. Now he's working for the Washington Wizards, part of the same same sort of umbrella, yellow starburst, but we'll move forward. The explanation of uh, hiring Quinn Snyder and then not waiting out the year was just so that Snyder could assess. He could wait and see what he had. He could get a head start for this season. And... um he found out pretty early that this whole John Collins, Trey Young thing, it's not working. It's never going to work. John Collins doesn't like Trey Young. So this summer, they sent out John Collins to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay and a second round pick. Remember, they were at one point refusing to trade John Collins unless they got multiple first round picks for him back. That was a real article. Those were the real news rumors. Sounds like they couldn't get that first round pick for him. And now they got a dirty muffin, which was Rudy Gay, and a second round pick. They turned down much better packages for him in the past. I, I like where John Collins landed. For a team that was um, pretty trash last year, the Hawks didn't really do much. They're still trying to roll out this whole DeJounte Murray and Trey Young experiment. I prefer DeJounte Murray. They add Patty Mills and Kobe Bufkin. Neither are going to be very much factors. This team is going to fall again on whether DeJounte and Trey could play together. And I don't know, honestly. I like DeAndre Hunter a lot. I am not sure, honestly, if this roster makes any sense. They refused to extend Sadiq Bey, which they traded for, which means he's probably getting moved at the deadline or they'll lose him for nothing. They're looking at a starting five of Clint Capella, who looked horrible in their opening game. He's been rumored to be traded for the last 16 months. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray just signed an extension, DeAndre Hunter, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Does anybody think that this team is going to win their division? No. This is a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Does anyone actually like this team? The Washington Wizards circle Atlanta on their calendars like, yep, that's the game. That's the game we, uh, we, lo- we low-managed ours for. That's the game we low-managed Jordan Poole for. They're going to probably win 40, 42 games. They're going to be a play-in team as like a 12 seed. What is it? 7, 8, 9, 10. So it's a 10 seed. <laughs> 10 seed. It feels like so many damn teams get in. This is the kind of team really that just like wins the NBA in-season tournament. And they just call that season a success because the owner's son is now running the team and you know how that whole thing goes. And then we're going to have another mediocre season and Quinn Snyder will have to decide whether Trey Young can be on this team any longer in order for them to move on and succeed. And I think he'll get to the point where he realizes maybe he's been the problem the whole time. We move forward. Another team in this division. My vote for the team that had the absolutely worst offseason by far, by far, was the Miami Heat. How do you go to the finals and still have the worst offseason of anyone? Love their draft picks. Jaime Jaquez, love him. You end up getting Thomas Bryant. Eh, eh, don't hate it. Josh Richardson, you pick him up. That's terrible. I, jo- I might be the leader of the Josh Richardson this fan club, like the non-fan club. Like, I don't hate him as a person. He's not a piece, though. He is not a piece. I would have rather they got Kelly Oubre than Josh Richardson. That's not a lie. They lose Max Struess, who, by the way, had seven threes for the Cavs the other night. Just 
loading up buckets after buckets. They lose Gabe Vincent. They lose Victor Oladipo. They were just waiting. They knew they were getting Damian Lillard, didn't they? They just knew they were getting Dame. They thought they were getting Bradley Beal for a song. This team could have had Dame, Brad Beal, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Jesus. What are they doing? Pat Riley. Pat Riley. I don't know what to say other than he just doesn't want to spend money. He's done. He's decided, like the Chicago Bulls, we're going to put together a good product. And in the playoffs, we'll see. But I'm not going to go into the luxury tax for a 30-something star who's going to make like $65 million next year. They lost out on Bradley Beal, who was his first choice was going to Miami. Even this week, something came out where he was like, I thought it was a done deal, and for whatever reason, they did not want to make a move. It's the no-trade clause, Bradley. It's the no-trade clause. And they dragged their feet. No clue what happened. I know what happened. You know what happened? Pat Riley happened. He wanted to basically get another star for free and have Bradley Beal waive his no-trade clause, and instead, Bradley Beal goes to Phoenix for basically nothing. Literally, I think it was like, what, how many, like a a handful of second-round picks. And Beal is still like, how did I end up in Phoenix? I don't know how this happened. It wasn't even on my board. I di- it didn't even register as a team for me to go to. Then, of course, they lose Dame because they didn't want to make a real offer. What did that leave them? Thinking maybe they could get into the Drew Holiday sh- sweepstakes, but by then it was like Portland's like, I don't call us. Lose our number. Then now they're thinking maybe they can get into the Harden sweepstakes because Harden is now opening up the possibilities of trade partners for Philadelphia. He just wants to compete. Doesn't matter if he's in L.A. It's a disaster. Their backup plan, Kelly Oubre, went to the Sixers. Then Giannis, who was their backup, backup, backup plan, just signed a massive three-year extension. All they can hope for now is Joel Embiid. That's it. I'd say Pat Riley is coming to a close of what he's willing to do in terms of his aggressiveness. They find these guys out of the bottom of the barrel. They want these role players who can contribute with very little money attached to them. And that that helps them, you know, with their financial situation. That's fine. But ultimately, that's not what you want to do when you are a championship caliber franchise. He's a junk ball pitcher now, Pat Riley. His command has failed. The Heat were three minutes from getting bounced last year in the play-in, and then what do they do? They said, well, we'll just, instead of using that data to make our decision, we're going to use the data that's less likely, which is the fact that we went to the finals. And then you lose two guys that were on the team that were key contributors. What do I like about this team? Obviously, Jimmy Butler, he's fucking beast. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I love Bam Adebayo. Those two are enough to do a lot for you in a postseason. Tyler Hero's an absolute bucket. He's like the white Anthony Simons. He's going to be able to like get you buckets from the perimeter. He's going to probably have a chip on his shoulder and chuck, I don't know, 18 times a game. He's been rumored to be in every trade Miami's ever had recently. He deleted Miami from his Instagram, remember, at one point. This speech could probably revenge season for Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson, I think, is back into the rotation. I think they hate him less because he proved himself when Tyler Hero was out in the playoffs. Their starting guards, though, are, are Kyle Lowry and, and Caleb Martin. 
This is a bad team, folks. This is a bad team. This is the same team as last year, only worse. If Jaime Hawkes doesn't produce or Nikola Jovic, who was a healthy scratch last night, doesn't produce uh, and they don't make the playoffs, I would not be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. Everyone else except for Atlanta got better in their division and they got worse. It's mass school, folks. They are taking a downturn. The biggest asset that the Heat have is obviously Eric Spolstra. He continues to make gold out of garbage. So I would be also not shocked if they made the finals again. Best case scenario is playing, but you never know what's going to happen when you get Jimmy Butler in the postseason. The Heat, though, are a team in decline. I am not rooting for them. I do not feel like they are a team that you can believe in. And Pat Riley must take the blame. 